Well, welcome to State of Mind Talks, the new podcast series from State of Mind Sport. This is a series exploring transition and the complex emotional and mental backdrop to confronting and going through major change. I'm George Riley, and each episode I chat to a familiar name from the world of sport. This week's guest is a British rugby league great, one of the finest players of his generation who won every domestic club honour going, one of the sport's most recognisable faces and voices, Leon Price. Uh, great to see you, Leon. Thanks for coming on. You too, John. Yeah, thanks for having me. Good to be here. Uh, how are you, first of all? Yeah, we're really good at the moment. Life's a bit hectic, but um, yeah, it's definitely fun at the moment. Uh, lots going on. Just moved house, just changed job. Um, yeah, so life's, life's good. Um, we're, we're talking about changes of jobs, so maybe we'll come back to that uh, in a bit. But the, I guess the timing of, of us having this chat about transitioning out of a career and a life is quite striking because we're speaking at a time when your teenage son is will is, is transitioning himself into into professional sport he made his uh, his own debut didn't he in super league just a week or so ago what kind of, emo of emotions has that brought up uh, for you right now um it's got probably mixed emotions obviously great that you know the overriding probably emotion would be pride um <clears throat> for myself and my you know, all, all our family, my wife, his brother and sister, aunties, uncles, nana, granddads, all of all the family are really, really proud of, of William and what he's done. Um, probably a little bit nervous because I want, you know, I know as well as the ups, there's definitely the downs to come. Um, it's a bumpy ride. It's a roller coaster of emotions. It's professional sport, uh, which obviously I've been through myself. So, um so, you know, you want to you want to protect your children as much as you can, but at the same time, you've got to let them go and let them experience life themselves. Uh, and just just wanting to just to try and give as much guidance as I can. Really, I just want to try and help them as much as I can because I know, you know, this is invaluable having the experience that I've got to be able to pass over to him. Even if it's just little bits that that help him, then then that's surely you know be beneficial for him. So, you're just really proud, really happy, obviously nervous, just. I know everything that comes with, with a game as well. So just trying to make sure that I do everything I can to protect him as much as I can, but let him make his, his own way if he can. Yeah, when I saw you before uh, at the ground before his debut, you, you told me you were more nervous than you'd been probably before any of the games that you've played. Yeah, it's, yeah because when you're playing, you, you get to make the decisions, you get to make the tackles, make the errors, you know. And then <clears throat> I was just thinking if it, when he comes on, if it's going to be a tight game and, you know, if you make a little mistake in your debut, it can really knock your confidence. And I think when your debut in your first couple of games are some of the hardest games mentally that you can play, and physically as well, because you don't know really where you're at until you test yourself, especially against some of the best players in the competition. You know, like coming up against Sam Tompkins and, and players like that. It's, it's, a pro, it's Cassiano, he's only 18, and you think, you know, I'm a little boy, he's tackling grown men and some of the best players that play the game. But as soon as he come on, as soon as he touched the ball, as soon as he got involved, and I could see him yapping and talking and, you're bring away a little bit like I used to do, a lot, a lot like his mum. His mum yibbers away as well all the time. So, so we see the yabbing and full of confidence, and he didn't look too out of place. I was like, right, yeah, fine, I'm, I'm fine now. It's okay. And how was he afterwards? And how were you afterwards? Yeah, everybody was just absolutely buzzing over the moon. If I'm on, if I'm 100 honest, it was just it was a quite a bit of relief because we've done this for all his lives. I've played rugby since I was seven. I've played professional since I was 16. William's been coming with me to rugby training for since, uh, to the games, to the Catalan Dragons training, to all FC training. 
he's been coming training since he could walk but since four years old. Like I'd take him to captain's run. He'd always kick the goals, he'd kick the ball, he'd play with first team, come for lunch after with the first team. So it's not something that we're not used to in our, in our eyes. So it's like, he's not a surprise, but it's something that there's a lot of tri- lot of things that can that can happen along the way to not let you get to your final destination. There's injuries, there's luck, there's, there's um, you know, there's, if you lose, Lose lose interest in the game. Your coach might not like you. You might not ever get into the standard where you, you can play Super League. So it's all everything all mixed into one. You've got to go right. You've got to be dedicated. You've got to train hard. You've got to stay away from injuries. You've got to have a coach that likes you. You've got to get to a situation where you're either playing that well, they've got to play you, or you've got that many injuries that they've got to play you. There's lots of things that have got to go your way to get to that spot where he played that game the other night. So. You know, the stars aligned and, and luckily for, for us, we, it was that, the night for him. And now it's just time to kick on now. So, yeah, we were really happy. Uh, and just one more on on that. Do, do you think your own transition out of professional sport, which, which was a difficult one, and we're going to discuss that in a sec, uh, do you think that has given you a perspective that is going to help your son ride the emotions and, and ride the pressures that he'll be feeling, I guess, right now at the start of his own journey i think he's seen yeah well william's seen everything from from needle to thread of uh, of the what rugby can do to you mentally physically as well with injuries that i've had to suffer and um i think that'll only set him in good stead he's his own person he's his own man he's, he's um he's got a good head on his shoulders he's a good kid he's, he's well behaved he's good, got good manners he's respectful he respects his elders um he's you know he's so he's got a good head on his, on his shoulders and he'll make his own decisions along the way. But I'll be, you know, he's, like you say, he's seen it firsthand. He's seen everything firsthand. Seen the pressure that I've put myself under, and I think he's seen me struggle with having to leave the game behind a little bit and move on. So that some of that will make sure that we've, he's an intelligent lad. He's done very well in his GCSEs. He's got a, he's got an A in his in French. He can speak fluent French. He's, he's, he's intelligent. He's switched on. So what what we'll do is make sure that we put together an exit strategy for him when he hopefully touch wood. You know, if everything good thing goes right, that when he does finish the game, be that in one year, two years, five years, ten years, whenever it is, he's got a plan B and a plan C. And not like me, who's just had one plan. Let's talk a bit about that. Your your career, mate, was was exceptional, wasn't it? It was it was a brilliant rugby league career, a Bradford boy becoming a hometown club legend. As you did, you won Super League titles, you won Challenge Cups, you won World Club challenges. I mean, you won you won every domestic honour and and then success elsewhere with with St Helens, with with Hull FC, with Catalan Dragons to to an extent as well in in France. Did rugby league uh, and your time in rugby league did you did it give you everything that you wanted and that you thought it would do. Yeah, yeah, and more. Yeah, I mean, if somebody said to me <coughs> twenty-five years ago, twenty years ago, um, you're going to have this career that you have, and this is what's going to happen after, and you may have a couple of injuries, and this may happen. I would have slapped, I'd have slapped anybody's hand off. All I ever wanted to do was play the game. That's all I ever wanted to do since I was probably 10, 11. That's all I've ever wanted to do is play Wembley, playing Challenge Cup finals, playing Grand Finals, um, but I won't Grand Finals when I were a kid growing up, but. I wanted to emulate my heroes, Ellery Onley, Jess Robinson, Martin Fire. Um, you know, then probably as I got a bit older when Robbie Paul was a big name at Bradford and he was coming through and getting them to Wembley. All I wanted to do was just do that. That's that's all I wanted to do in life. It's my biggest passion and biggest drive. So regardless of what happens after, I'm 
I really, even even when I've been in places where I've like been a little, a little bit down, I've always been appreciative that I've had the chance to do what I've done. Like I always feel really lucky to to live out, to live every day going to training with a bunch of lads that you most, you know, you like the majority of them, you, you all like it on. Then you go rugby training and you get paid well for it and you play in front of the big crowds and you do something that you absolutely love and you do it for 20 years. It's, it's Life's been... Life's been fun. I've had a good 20 years of fun. We had a lot of fun. Was that your mindset at the time when you were in it? We, I mean, we all kind of savour something after the event when we don't have it anymore. What was your mindset when you were playing? Was, was there ever a part of you when you were playing or a moment when you sat back and thought, you know, I'm living the dream here, be it after one of your trophy wins for Bradford or when you're on your sun lounger in a pool in the south of France playing with Catalan? Yeah, I'd say I'd say probably Bradford and Saints days we were we were like a machine. We were just everything we're about winning, and we were just in that grind of being part of winning mentality, winning cultures, winning teams. And then probably about my first year when I went to France, and it's the first time I moved out of Bradford. It was on sunny Bradford, mm-hmm. and uh, I was there with my family. We had a swim pool in his backyard, and we lived on the Bayer beach in the back of a golf course in Saint Cyprian. Um, and I just thought, wow, this is like I don't ever want this to stop. I'm playing rugby. They get looked after well, sunny, 200, 250 days a year. I live, you know, border of Spain. Kids are speaking French. I'm getting paid good money to do it. Like, this is the dream come, this is the dream come true. Um, so, yeah, at that point, I probably thought this is unbelievable, but I always knew we weren't going to last forever. And I always had that in the back of my mind. So, you know, Catalan were an amazing experience, not just for the, the rugby, but for the learning a different culture and <clears throat> living in a different you know, different country, you don't realise, when you go on holiday, you don't pick up a real feel for a place, but when you live there for three years, you, you understand the culture and different people and experience, different, talking a different language, it's amazing, amazing experience. Uh, you, you, you said just then you you enjoyed it and you realised how great it was and you realised that it, it wasn't going to last forever. Um, when we talk about the end of your career, and I've heard you say when you've talked about this before that the difficult part about a career like the one you had is is purely when you finish. Um, it's mm. that you know that's the difficult moment. Can you can you describe <laughs> for us what what happened? What when when the rugby stopped? When it disappeared? Just take us back there and, and kind of talk. Yeah, I think what's um, going on. Oh. First of all, I think in the back of my mind, I was expected to try and get some get in there coaching. I know that I know enough about the game. And I know that I've studied the game enough to be able to to, to help coach. Um, and that's kind of, I think, for me, you assume that because you're a bit of a profile in the game, that you're always going to be able to pick up work around the game. You assume, I assumed it, which is my own my own fault. I'm nobody else to blame. Um, and then I, obviously I were at Bradford. I'd gone back to Bradford. I tried my best to get going. I was mentally broke, probably mentally broken. My knee was on its last, last, last legs, which I didn't think it really was when I'd signed there. I thought I couldn't get one more season out of it. But at the end up, it was just too painful. I'd got chronic arthritis in my knee. I'd have an injection before game at half time to try and get through it. That deteriorated. We went into, we got, I went into administration straight away. I lost this full squad. So we had a bunch of kids playing in championship against big men, strong men. And it just took its toll. I, I, I had to retire halfway through the season. Um, and I basically went from training around 30 lads every single day for 20, 20 years to sat in my house on my own watching Jeremy Kyle. Um, so it just sent me into a 
dark hole. So you you were very you felt very isolated. I mean those yeah, guys really. those guys yeah, really. was, were still there. You know they were still on the end of the phone. I'm guessing, but you just weren't around it every day. You weren't in there. Yeah, I think I think for me, my I think for me playing rugby league gave me a it gave me a, an escape and it gave me a massive coping coping mechanism. I mean things have gone up and down throughout my life. They've not been great, just like any other person. But my way of coping with it was. Uh, playing rugby on a weekend, there could there'll be a lot going on in my life. But when I played rugby, mate, even if I played rubbish, getting bashed around a bit and getting tackled and making tackles on whatever happened in the game was my coping mechanism for stresses, my stresses of life, which is not different to anybody else's stresses. I'm not saying I were, you know, very tougher or, or all like that. Cause I am, but it just just normal, like normal people. But that was my way of dealing with life. Um, and when you cut that out, I didn't really know where to turn. Is there anything you could have done looking back um, to kind of prepare yourself for? Yeah, there's loads I could have done. All that. There's loads I could. Have, I should have had a. I should have had a proper strategy for exiting the game. That something, and if that meant going back to to study, if that meant having a real um, interest other than rugby, like setting myself up somewhere. Like I'm in, I'm working in care at the moment. You know, if I looked into this earlier, five years earlier, I could have saved myself a lot of heartache, but. Um, even though I'm really, really in, in a good place now and I really enjoy my job, still have a massive void that's never, will, probably won't be filled, maybe ever, from not being involved in rugby. And that won't ever go away. I don't think that would have ever changed, but I've learned how to deal with it now, which is a big difference. Is there an element of it as well? I mean, because clearly, what do I do next? You know, what, what do I do with the rest of my life? But on the flip side of it, when you're coming out of something like professional sport, there's that buzz, that's, there's that adrenaline that you need to, you need to be replacing, you know, all that emotional up and down, the emotional roller coaster that you're on. That suddenly, that, I mean, that's going to play havoc with you when you just sat suddenly doing nothing, watching telly. Yeah, I think, I think it's just an inside battle. Isn't it? I think it's like anything in life, it's an internal battle. I think for a, a large part of the, well, I've been retired now since 2017. So, say for three, two or three years, I just didn't like. Like I didn't know who I was, I didn't know my identity. My only identity, I went, I didn't start, I left school at 15, 16. I went straight to Bradford Bulls and played my first team debut in 1998 at 16. And then forever from my all my adult life, all I've ever been is Leon Price, the rugby player. And that's all I'd ever known how to be, known to be to how to be a rugby player and to be part of a group and have fun and play rugby and my identity was that, and that's it alone. That's all I ever knew. That's all I knew. That's all I knew how to act. He's part of a group, trying to make people laugh, having fun, having banner, taking the mick all day out of people, having the mick ripped out of you all day. Um, and my all my personality was based around being a rugby player. And you take that away, I was just left with somebody that I didn't know. Um, I mean, it's hard to not know who you are when you look in the mirror and you don't feel like you you fit in anymore there's no real place for you you're not involved in the game you've, you know you've gone from all of a sudden being on tv or every other week playing games doing stuff you enjoy you feel like you're not 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 a personality but you know you've got a little bit of a profile a little bit to, to nothing at all um it's a big it's a big wake-up call it's a big like what what what's going on and it takes that takes a lot of getting used to yeah definitely that, that, that person you've just described brilliantly, the, the, the jokey, confident, at times cocky, certainly on the pitch, um, you know, that bantery person, 
was that the Leon Price, the rugby player, was that the Leon, the real Leon Price? Or was that something you became when you became a professional sportsman? What I mean by that is what, you know, what you were like before. Did you have to find yeah. yourself again or rediscover what you were like before that person, if that makes sense? Yeah, yeah, you know, no, I think it's a really, really good question, yeah. Um, I think growing, before I came into rugby, I was quite a bit softer than what I am now, like, as a person. And then I think once you get scarred a little bit and you re, you know you get hurt in the press and fans and and things, you've got to find a way of protecting your emotions. And then that was my persona to protect me from the outside world. Um, it's, when you play sport, you mean when you go on that field, you can't be. I can't be the same person as I am now. I couldn't just get up here and just walk onto onto a rugby field because mentally you've got to be so tough. You've got to take the knocks. You've got to take the setbacks. You've got to have 10,000 10, people slagging you off. You've got to read about people saying that you're rubbish and you're this and that. You can't just act normal. Like if I if I read that now, I'd be upset. But when you're playing rugby, you've got to tune yourself to not listen to fans, not listen to criticism. You know, take it, but take it on the chin and take it with a pinch of salt. Um, you got to get, you know, one week you play good, next week you play a bad one minute, you're an hero, one minute you're not, you know, you're rubbish, you're this. Like you've got to find a way in every individual of protecting your sanity and for me you know when you go on that pitch as well you've got to be a, become a different person you've got to be a, a bit of a you've got to be tough haven't you? you've got to be tough otherwise you don't last especially in good teams so yeah I'd say I'd had to probably undo a lot of the things that I built up to protect myself from being hurt uh, as I finished and let, let some of that go don't have to be that resilient anymore in, I could be resilient but in different ways yeah no I mean I'm fascinated by this and the reason I asked that question is because you know and, and you and I have spoken a lot about things that we don't necessarily need to discuss on on this podcast now but um for me it was you know I was always a very shy kid and then suddenly I found my voice when there was a live microphone in front of me you know like you finding this Leon Price character when you're walking out of the tunnel and getting people slagging you off. And for me, it's when the microphone went live, suddenly I was a different person. And that gave yeah. me my purpose, my identity. And then a few years ago, when that disappeared, I struggled yeah. really badly. So I get it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But having been thinking all about it as I have, and the reason I asked you that question, that person on the radio wasn't, wasn't the real me. That was just the role I kind of played. You know, I was just Georgie Boy, the jokey guy on the radio. And I, that's why I'm wondering how that person, that kind of cocky, brilliant rugby league player with a bit of a, you know, a strut and a niggly and, you know, I hated you as a, as a fan because I was from Leeds and you were from Bradford. I absolutely yeah. hated you. And then I've got I'm to sorry. know you. I've, yeah. Oh, well, we've talked about this and I've got, yeah. you know, I've got to know you afterwards and you're one of the, you know, you're one of the greatest, you know, your greatest people you could, you could wish to have around you. You're a fantastic person. And it's, it's, it's that perception, you know, the yeah, yeah. versus reputation. And I think, and I think also as well, and also as well, you, I, because of the way they play the game, sometimes it's stupid, really silly stuff, stuff that I tell my son not to do now. And I, but I was 18, 19, full of testosterone, just, cra just crazy, just rampaging. And um, well, what was my point? Sometimes you've got to, you've got, like, like you're saying then, you know, I, I, sometimes I struggle hoping that people didn't think that the person I was on the field, I was off, off the field because that's yeah. not me. Um, yeah. And I struggled with that quite a lot because that persona is what I needed to, or at the time I needed to give me an edge to make me think that I were better than what I was, to give me the confidence to do what I did, to 
to have a little bit of arrogance, a little bit of cockiness, a little confidence. I needed that to for me to survive and to believe that I was the best. And it's just a, it was just a protection tool. I don't know. I, I I had to go out there thinking that I was good, confident, cocky, whatever, if whatever want people to call it. But I know that later in my career, once that went and I started doubting myself, I want I wasn't the same player at all. And I'm glad that I had that in my career because it gave me the confidence to play rugby the way that I did and weren't always good. But I'd say yeah, I didn't. I did all right. Just going. I mean, that was a, that was a brilliant, a brilliant little chat. Just going back to that, to that period immediately after you were playing when you 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 fell into a bit of a hole. How bad did it get? Yeah, it went. It went bad. It got. It got pretty bad. Um, I don't know how much. He just, I'm, I'm, I'm a really proud person. I'm a really, usually a really private person. I don't like to tell anybody about the problems. I never speak to anybody, anybody at all. So um, everything that's probably started up for, since I started playing was um, all bottled up really by the end of it. And then, you know, my way of, of releasing it wasn't wasn't healthy at all. Um, and it may have led me to a, a dark place here, yeah, but um, I don't know. I, I'm... I, I swear, when yeah, I went to a dark place. I went to a really bad place, and I don't know. I, I, when I first, when it first all happened, I want I didn't mind talking about it, but now I just feel not not embarrassed, but Trig- I kind of want to. Yeah, is it triggering when you like you take yourself back to that place? They like, I don't, I don't like, I don't like the, the way that I felt when it when I first happened. It was just like, yeah, you know, this is what's happened, and. You don't mind telling, you don't mind talking about it to people, but now on reflection, probably a little bit later, I just, I don't know if my, if my truth, my, my honest opinion, my honest truth is sometimes I feel as though if you talk about it too much, people are like, oh, you just want, you just want sympathy, or you're not the only person to have problems, and blah blah blah. And that plays in the back of my head quite a lot, so I try to be but really positive. But that's not it. I don't think that's it at all. I mean, I. No, in my head, I'm just saying that. You, you meant- yeah, but you don't realise how many people you connect with by, by being vulnerable. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I was really, really vulnerable and uh, I, I was drinking too much. I was sat at home and when I'd go and play rugby, I'd, I'd go and pick up a bottle of wine and go and sit at home and feel sorry for myself and drink myself in the super and fall asleep. I just wanted to sleep. I just wanted to go to sleep all the time. I didn't want to be awake. I wasn't bothered about what happened. I forget to go, you know, go to meetings I just be say at home and go to sleep and just not be happy that's where I were at I just wasn't happy with my life I was I couldn't get over it and I had everything going for me you know I've got a lot going for me I've got a beautiful family I've got a wife I was okay financially okay fine I've got a lot going for me but I just couldn't get past it and then I went to Sporting Chance got a little bit of help from Sporting Chance which is um, Tony Adams's yeah. company and it's sort of charity not company at all um and from there, you know, received a lot of help. But even after that, it's, it's been a long journey to get to where I am at the moment uh, mentally. But that's just, you know, like you said, it's an inside job, isn't it? I mean, I've, I've had to really work at um, myself. Uh, and I think I've had to try and find some peace with my, with my um, with not with rugby, with not being a rugby player anymore and not being involved and not going to games. And I've had, it's a big part of my life. It's the only thing that I've ever been passionately but unbelievably passionate about his rugby and people can say you know find something else to do when I do I play a bit of golf and I, but it's not the same as doing something you absolutely love doing like you I, I can sit and watch three four games on a weekend I can go go to a game um 
I can sit and talk to anybody who knows all about rugby. I can sit and talk rugby league all day and all along. And some people might think that's sad, but that's all I've been brought up. I've been that's all, that's what I've always done. So to replace that, it's not it's not easy, but I think I've, I've, I'm getting there now. I feel really good and really positive, and life's good. Uh, how have you set about trying to trying to find that peace with the fact that you know it's you can dip your toe into rugby like you are doing, but you know your focus I'm, is I'm, probably I'm, elsewhere now. Yeah, I'm happy with a bit of commentary, a little bit of commentary. Well, even if it's just once a week, it keeps you involved in the game, gets you to up to watch a game. Watch you're, quite, you're quite good at it, by the way, as well. Oh, I don't care. Cheers. I'm trying. I'm just trying to learn. I'm just trying to learn. Just, that keeps me involved, and then I go watch my son play. I go play golf two or three times a week with my friends and my brother. And I've just found different outlets now. So just that little bit of little bit of going to going to the games, it just keeps me not and now William's playing, it's even better because I get to go to Super League games and watch him play. And it feels like I'm play, I'm starting all over again, even though I'm not living my life through him. But you know, when you sit there and watching your son playing in a Super League game, it's pretty special. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, on I, I completely get you what you you know, on sporting chance, that was that was the call I got as well when I was when I fell into into the whole I did and a kind of sudden and very unexpected suicidal depression and suddenly it was Colin Bland was on the other end of the phone, yeah, help, helping me out as well. So um, yeah, I've got a lot to thank them for as well. So I can I certainly hear where you're coming from. With, 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 I think with I think one. George, I think, I, but like I say, I didn't know I didn't know you very well probably until the start of this season. And we both had some good chats and. Um, we got to know each other a lot better over time, and I've had some good, good conversations private, which we don't need to go in detail, yeah. in detail on here. But um, I think it's an inside job. I think you know, as I know, it's sometimes you can feel bad about yourself, and it's how you feel about yourself, and that's the same for me. What you, what you, how you really truly feel about yourself, um, and once you can get that right and understand that you know things happen in life. Things go wrong, things things happen, and you can get over them and, and really believe in yourself and stop holding things against yourself and believe that you you know you, you know you're a good person and you know you can get past things. It's just an inside job, and I've come to realise that now. It's taken a long time to get there. Yeah, but, um, you know, I've got to know you really well, and you're a good person, and I like chatting to you, I like talking to you. But it's everything that we everybody deals with is an inside job. It doesn't matter what anybody tells you. I can sit and tell you the best person in the world, but if you don't believe it, it don't count for nothing, does it? No, you're hundred percent right. You're hundred percent right. And my, my, you know, my partner says to me a lot. You know, the size of the thing in there, in the outside world, it's no one cares. You know, it's, no, it's big. It's big in there. No, it's, it's humongous. It's massive. It's massive in there. But nobody cares. Nobody cares. You know. But you keep keep replaying the same yeah. thing over and over and over and over and over again. And, um, you know, I've had to learn to get past that. You know, I've made mistakes. I've had been in court. I've had court cases. I had a court case that happened when I was 2002. I've held that against myself. I mean, I don't know, about 32, 33, never got over making stupid mistakes and errors in my life that have cost me. Um, but it happened 10 years ago, 12, no, it happened what, 18 years ago, 2002. William wasn't even born. But I still were holding it against myself and still getting myself down. I had to get over it, and, and it's not until you do that yourself that you can move forward. That's that's what I've learned myself. But those two things, I mean, if, if you don't mind me asking, we won't go into the details. But you know, the, the, the couple of court cases you had, as well as having to to kind of deal with that, like you say, internally and move on and process it mentally. 
when we're talking about transition and career transition, is that kind of thing, um, has that been an, an obstacle, a problem, the fact that you've, you know, you've had a couple of yeah. companies gone against you with yeah, yeah, yeah. in the past? Yeah, because um, if you want to work with children, you've got to do a DBS and an enhanced DBS where they go through absolutely everything. And uh, if you've got anything like that on there, then you know they can be, you can be presumed not liable, or fit to work around children or in schools. I had, a, I, had a, I had a job lined up to work in a school and everything were going hunky-dory, rosy. The red teacher were ringing me back, talking to me. And then one second, next second, they stopped talking, didn't hardly call me. And uh, I kind of got the gist of what was going on. I said, your DBS has come back and, you know, I'm sorry, there's not going to be a job for you. Now we're, you know, a job lined up. So it's, it has, still has its repercussions 18 years later, which I don't want my kids to make the same mistakes I did. How do you make sure that that is, you know, I mean, that kind of thing must be really, well, I know it's triggering because I, I still have obstacles like that. And, you know, how, how do you make sure that you don't, you know, you, mentally you don't go back to that place because, when you're getting something like that happening to you, you're thinking this isn't fair, this isn't right, because whatever um, you think, whatever you think of me, I'm not that person. And yeah, you know, well, you, you I, know I, you're I was not. angry at first. I was angry at first, but like I really am not that person. Like when I was, I was 18. Was it 18? I was 18. Sorry, I was 21. 21. I mean, I'm 13. I'm 39 years old. A completely different person. Come 100, like completely different. So, yeah, it didn't want me to want to go back there. I just know that's. I mean. Young, aggressive, um, you know, out with friends. It's not. It was such a different person compared to what I am now. A long, a long time ago. Um, but the the, uh, the challenge now is to make continue to make sure I don't make any more mistakes along the way. And you know, I, I I'm still still can be a bit of an idiot, just like others <laughs> can. You know, I'm not. I'm not the I'm the kind of guy that can go two, three months and then I might come up with something stupid and do something crazy because I've just got. I don't know. I'm just 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 me. It's just who I am. But I try my best to not to not make any more silly mistakes and errors, and try and lead my life in the right way, and try and lead by example for my kids. That's, that's all I can do. I'm, that's all I try and do. Uh, you've you've mentioned a couple of times during this chat that you're kind of wary of how much you open up about when you've had struggles and stuff because you don't want people to look like you. You know, you're seeking sympathy or like you're the only one who's has problems and stuff like that. And I actually rewatched before when I was when I knew I was speaking to you um, for this. I rewatched the the emotional interview you gave on, on Rugby M probably what a year or so ago. And yeah, yeah. I mean, what struck me, mate, about that um, was obviously you know how 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 you broke down when you were talking about how you how you fell out of the game. But even more so that you felt after that interview you had to put a statement out. That, that probably struck me even more. You had to make a statement to justify why you got emotional during that interview. Um, you know, I just, I, I thought, you, you don't have to explain why you're getting emotional. I just, I just feel, yeah, I just, the way I am, it's just, just probably my insecurities. I don't feel comfortable. I just, I don't know what, you are, you are, you're always going to be judged, aren't you? But mentally at the time, I don't think I were in a good place. Well, no, I don't think I know. I wasn't in a good place. Or at when, the time. You, when you gave the interview. Yeah, I was I was struggling really bad with just with life, with rugby, with just with life really. Just that's where we're at at the time, and I think that was a reflection of the, in, in the end in the interview with the question that I could answer now, no problem. But at the time, it just got me, it just got me. And after afterwards, they were like, "Can we pull that out?" And I'm like, "Yeah, put it out." And then when I got home, I'm thinking, "Oh God, 
what are people going to think? And then you get that, you know, you've got demons going in your own head. And I want it in a great place at the time as it is. I want fantastic mentally. So, yeah, it just for me, it probably made me feel better if I just said a little bit about it so I didn't feel stupid, if, I, if anything. But from what I saw, the reaction to that was pretty much 99, 100% positive. Yet you still, you still in your head were thinking, I hope people don't think I was saying that rugby league owed me a living. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought, yeah. Mm. Yeah, but I can't help, you can't help. But nobody, nobody that I saw said that. Oh, no, I'm not saying they did, but I'm in your in my head at that time, that's where I was at, and I just wasn't um, wasn't in a good place. You know, I wasn't, wasn't mentally in a good place, and that's probably a reflection of what you saw when you when I've got upset over a question I couldn't answer no problem now. But at the time, I was just struggling. Mm. Uh, and you were, uh, you know, you, you you were discussing the opportunities or kind of lack of opportunities in the sport for the former players, a bit of a bit about support in in transition and players, um, I guess, reaching the point where you, you were feeling a little bit that you were kind of sucked into a sport and then and then spat out of, of it. How, how do you feel now, kind of a year or so on from from that conversation? Yeah, it's a difficult conversation. I think um, I feel like now, I think the, um, sorry, the hourly gaps really helped keep people involved. Yeah. And then not just myself, lots of people. I mean, there's, there seems to be a lot more, I see a lot more of the ex-players involved. I still think, you know, rugby league's a game where we can drop out, of, drop out, players can drop out very easily. There's not much work about, is there, you know. Um, there's not many games we can recover. There's only so many spots for assistant coaching. Um, it's not like football where there's a million jobs out there. So, yeah. But I've made. I've spoken. I've been in touch with RFL. I've been in touch with Julie Measures. I've you know got me, got things sorted. I'm working. Well, I do a couple of games a week. I've done a bit of radio work. Um, so I feel like yeah, it's just it is what it is. It's I, I've had to deal with. I'm happy with where I'm at with the game. I'm okay. I'm, I'm okay with it. It is what it is. You you dipped your toe in. Uh, you dipped your toe. I beg your pardon. Into into coaching with. Uh, with a spell at, at, at Workington. Why, why did that not work? Um, it was difficult. Um, i just freshly come out of playing rugby and I think I was still in between commuting from Yorkshire to Cumbria up to working, which is like a three-hour drive. The, the Cumbrians, the, the, the local lads were all working shifts, so you could never have a good, a good amount of number to training. Um I would say it worked out because the first season we had a fantastic season. We beat Bradford Bulls home and away, got to the playoff final, and we just lost narrowly. We just lost, um, you know, to Swinton in the end. We lost to Bradford Bulls and then to Swinton because we had two chances. So that went well. Um, the second season, it just, no, I, don't, I don't need to come on here and start bad mouthing people or saying, speaking ill of, of anyone. It's just, it just didn't work out. And that's, that's fine. I'm fine with it. I didn't want, I was glad the opportunity came up, but I would have preferred to maybe, you know, maybe be a full-time assistant somewhere, learning the trade before being a, a full-time coach. I would have rather done two or three years assistant and learned the trade that way. And I knew enough about the game, but um, I just went straight from playing straight into head coach. Probably what not particularly ideal. As mm. if I, you know, if I said this is what I wanted to do, I'd, I would never go down that route. But the first season was brilliant. I, I loved it. It was a good experience. Probably not what I wanted to do long term. So you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't a shelf life in it. Did that for me. You, you said earlier on in the chat that 
you knew you should probably have had something planned for the end of your rugby career, but you, you know, you assumed you, because of the career you'd had, you might get, you know, you'd get into coaching or something like that. Was, was the complacency, was the naivety at all? Yeah. Both. Yeah, both. And I, and it's only me, it's only me who's to blame for that. There's nobody else to blame but me for not having an exit strategy out of the game. Uh, you know, you think you're this, you think this kind of star and, People want to talk to you, give ring you up every week, interviews, everyone wants to be a friend. You kind of assume that you, you know, anywhere everywhere you go, people know you. You think think it's gonna be, you know, a bit of a walking park. When you think not a walking park, but you can't be that hard, can it? Surely and such a such a wrong attitude to have. And I would never make that mistake again. Um yeah, I would I would never let my kids, I would never let William make that mistake. And um, you know, it's something that will I'm I'm ready to already working on with him now and making sure that Whenever it does, if he does have he has two years, one year, three, ten, whenever it does come to an end, he's going to be not going to be in the same position that I put myself in. Um, can I ask you about the kind of the physical nature of rugby league? And what I mean by that is the physical effects, you know, that the impact it has on your body against the reward that you might get out of what's quite a short career. Um, we all know that you can't retire for life off the back of a rugby league career because it's not. No. It's not Premier League wish, football. Wish you, I wish you could. <laughs> yeah. And even like, you know, you, you, you detailed the few years you had in France, you were living a very good life. It, it didn't stop it being very hard for you when you finished. But the rugby, the career of a rugby league player, you are basically running into brick walls, uh, however yeah. many times a game for the length of your career. Your, your, your body and mind are shattered when you come to the end of a career that doesn't then set you up for life. Yeah. Is it, is it worth it? Oh yeah, God yeah, yeah. I've 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 gone every day to have fun. I've had fun at training. Like if somebody said to me, I've got I've got a really bad knee. I've got chronic arthritis in my knee. I've got no cartilage left. It's all worn away. I could probably do with a knee replacement. I've got two. I've got short. My shoulders are pretty not, not great. My fingers absolutely broken to bits. But if somebody said to me when I'm 15, rightly on, you're going to have a really bad knee. You can't. You won't be able to run when you're 39. You were struggling walking upstairs. Your shoulders are going to be both going to be shattered. Um, would you take that if you could have the career that I had? I'd take it 10 times out of 10 every single time. No problem. It's what I've lived my dream. It's all I've ever wanted to do is play rugby. It's all I've ever wanted to do. I've reached the pinnacle of what I dreamt of doing when I was since I was 10, 11. Played at Wembley, played at Old Trafford, scoring tries in grand finals, playing for Great Britain, beating Australia. Tour in Australia, going to New Zealand, playing in America. Come on, man. For a rugby league nerd, geek, it's like, it's this dream come true. But it also left you in a deep, dark, desperate well when you finished playing, not knowing if you wanted to live anymore and drinking too much. So Yeah, yeah, but that's some of that I had to deal with myself and get myself right, just like I had to do, you know, pre-seasons or ups and downs, it's just part of life, isn't it? And that's what I've had to go, what I personally have had to go through and find my way to where I am now. You know, everybody's journey is different. I can only speak my truth. But if somebody said to me, you know, you're going to go through a couple of hard years after playing rugby and, you know, be a little bit of down, but you're going to have the career, the life experiences, and get to be, you know, pretty much financially stable and secure. You know, I'm from Bradford, but I'm from a little two, three bedroom terraced house in Bradford. I've come from nothing. My family don't have any money. We don't have, we don't, we've not come from money. Everything we've got, we've had to work for. Don't come from on from anything. 
you know, I'm and I'm giving my now my family, my kids something that I never had. Why? What is you know? What? That's only good for me. I know I've had to go through a little bit after. That's just life. I, I, I can deal with that. Just everybody, you know, lots of people go through struggles. I've, I've just struggled at the end of my career. It's taken me three or four years to get to a place now where I can say I'm okay with myself. I'm okay. But I'll never not want to do what I've done rugby-wise. I've lived the dream. How, how do people kind of find you now? Like, I'm, What I mean by that is, rug, is rugby fans, when they meet you, now that you, you've been a few years out of the game, how do they greet you? Because, you know, you were you, you wound a lot of people up, but I'm guessing you get quite a positive reaction now. I'm, okay. I'm, think, I'm thinking back to the first time I worked with you and my dad texted me and said, He's, he sounds really nice, Leon, for a thug. Remember, I told you yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, to be honest with you, people, when I go to grounds and watch games and see fans, people and like, really nice to me, which is always quite surprising for me because <laughs> I, just always to, I always expect to get a little bit, a little bit, of, crap, bit of crap, but... Yeah, I find people are good. People are good. Here's what it is, George. I'm, I'm, I'm good. It's good. Yeah, people are nice. I get good responses when I go. Um, it's, it's nice. I try and hide myself away a little bit. I don't go out much where I live. I just keep, try and keep myself to myself. But when I go to a game, fans are gen, gen, generally, even Leeds fans are nice to me, George. Even Leeds fans are. Right well, you're talking to one of them here. Is nice. <laughs> no, yeah, fans. Are, I went. To, I went. I went to watch William uh, play against Wigan last week. I signed Wigan stand. You know, we played for Saints for seven years, six years. I didn't get one bit of bother. One bit, not not bad. Not nothing nasty. Everybody was sound. Right, learn you know, doing your all right house things. Sound well, no problem. It's good. You get older and wiser and move on, don't you? It's 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 gone now. The playing days are gone. That that um, you know, that kind of rivalry, whatever you want to call it, is is gone now. It's done. Finished. Uh, it's, it's been a brilliant chat. Um, you, you mentioned you were working in, in in care now. Tell us a little bit about about what you're doing and what you what you yeah. get out of it. Yeah, well, I just work in a residential care home, looking after children that are obviously found themselves, uh, you know, unfortunate to find themselves needing help, and um, it's uh, you know it's, it's really really rewarding and looking after people that need help. Um, it's quite flexible. I work with. Uh, Ryan Bailey as well. Ryan Bailey, I worked with him along, alongside him. There was obviously the next Rhino, yeah. who's doing really well. There's lots, lots of ex rugby players that work in, in that line of work. Uh, I think there's lots of transferable skills um, that can that can help people. So it's a real hands-on job, but really rewarding. And I am enjoying it. I enjoy that. I enjoy doing my bits of commentary. Um, and I enjoy watching my son play and, and, and seeing my kids grow up. So Life's good, if I'm honest with you, George. I'm, I'm enjoying where I'm at at the moment. It's been a difficult road to get here, but I'm enjoying where I'm at. What, what are, if you don't mind me asking, what do you think some of the, those transferable skills are from being a, a professional rugby player to, to working and, and wanting to work in, in care, as I know quite a few of you do? Yeah, so I'd say, like, obviously, discipline. You've got to be punctual. You've got to be on time. You've got to listen to orders. You've got to work as a team, work as a group. You've got to listen to commands from your manager. Um um, everything that you, everything that you've got from playing, um, being tough, being resilient, um, listening, uh, working hard, drive, um, having high standards—all them things you can you can show into a young person, and you can set them high standards and give them something to aim and achieve for, achieve to do in their lives. Trying, showing that education is important, showing what they can achieve outside of education. Trying to get them involved in activities, take them to rugby games. You know, it's 
there's lots of things and lots of avenues that you can show them the, the, the right way forward. And there's no substitute for lived experience, which both yes. you and Ryan Bailey yeah. have had a lot of. Yes. Yeah, advice, things where not to go wrong, things that have gone wrong, you know, guidance to making sure that they, they don't, you know, they, they understand the consequences of actions and that the, um, there's lots, there's, lo there's so many things, honestly, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of rugby players that are involved in this line of work and it's, it's nice to see yeah, and they all do well as well, they're all doing really well, Sean Lumps does it, he's involved in it, um, there's, 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 there's lots of, lots of lads doing it and they're doing really well. It, it, it seems to me, and you've mentioned it a few times in relation to your son, Will, that a big motivation, a big, a big drive for you now is to, um, to ensure other people um, benefit from mistakes you've made mm -hmm. um, and get people on the right path if you can. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. 100%, yeah. I know what I've been through mentally through make, making the mistakes that I did all my own fault and I you know I always don't ever blame anybody else but if you can help William learn from them and help him go through his career and have a shot you know someone to turn and ask for advice and I can put him on the right path and not you know we all we all make mistakes he's gonna make mistakes things are gonna go wrong but if I can try and minimize them as much as possible then that's 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 all I want to do. I always like to to end these chats by uh by asking what what your outlook on life is now for uh, you know for for the second chapter if you like for for the second part of, of your life as as Leon Price now Leon Price the rugby player has has waved goodbye. Um, what what yeah. would you what would what would you sum up that to be? What what's your outlook on on life? Um, I'd just like to try and find just continue to be happy um, to try and stay a little bit involved in game doing some some games with people like yourself and I'm, I'm good I'm happy I want to see my kids grow up I want to watch my kids enjoy themselves and be healthy and be happy and enjoy my family life and I'll lead a really simple life play a little bit of golf work hard look after my kids watch them grow up and enjoy my family life if I can do that I'm happy that keeps me happy I'm not honestly it's a simple a really simple life I've really enjoyed this chat um I appreciate you giving up your time and and coming on and for your honesty no, as well good. thank you no you're a top man George and I really appreciate it I enjoyed enjoy working alongside you it's really really fun you're a good man Leon Price uh, thank you very much take good care and we will see you next time cheers George